it's Saturday. And you know what time that is. Well, not exactly, because it's usually Friday. <laughs> but FRPC Hoops is on the air. And we are here with the Canadian Bomber. The Canadian mm-hmm. Shaman. The Canadian Bill Simmons. And the Canadian Zach Lowe. Nico Miatello. Um, thank how you, you so doing much. in Edmonton, Alberta? Canada. I'm I'm doing better today than I was yesterday. I've been mostly the Canadian cat caretaker over this week, making sure our boy Captain America is okay. He has some historical constipation issues and they were starting to flare up again yesterday. Luckily though, we got uh his gut moving with some uh, medicine and he didn't have to go to the vet and cost me a thousand dollars again. So we're, we're doing good with cap. He's, he's in the room looking good today. So we're, we're happy. And we can pod. Yes, we can. It was a kitty medical emergency yesterday. So yeah. What else is new? What else is new? Well, the good thing is, like you said, $1,000 still in your pocket yes. that you didn't have. So mythical $1,000. All right. Well, you know, that's like probably too much information. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> let's dive into this. We now are past the all-star break. We now are starting to see the new players mm-hmm. in new places. But last yeah. night, there was a game mm-hmm. between the Sacramento Kings <laughs> yes. and the Los Angeles Clippers. This the second league, highest scoring game of all time. It was a magnificent game. I loved it. You love that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. I feel like both teams were actually trying defensively, which often you don't see when the score gets like that, especially like in the fourth quarter and through the overtimes, there was a consistent effort on both sides, but it seemed like everyone just kept making their shots. It was one of the fastest paced games I've seen. And those dudes are starting to get old and down there for sure. But I feel like it was a lot of tough shot making is is what led to this score more than anything else, especially in the fourth quarter and the two overtimes. I was really impressed with the effort being given on both sides of the ball, to be honest. De'Aaron Fox had himself a game. I mean, he he had himself a game. And Malik Monk, former Laker. Yeah, you couldn't miss. 40 plus going up 45 points. He had 15 of 24. If he's going to shoot 15 of 24, you're going to give up 176 points. I think in one of those situations. And even Davion hit two of three three pointers. What are you going to do? Like, that's like Bible hitting four of six against the Lakers in in Portland that night. I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Everybody's hot. Bomber can't be happy with this, man. You know, he can't. I'm I'm ecstatic, though. I got that draft pick in my back pocket. I I feel bad for my guy, Eric Gordon, but uh, this definitely helps my agenda. 
if they don't make it out of the second round, mm-hmm. I believe there's going to be a significant roster shakeup. You played 58 minutes in this game, and the guy you just traded a handful of second rounders for, Bones Highland, didn't get a minute. No, because DMP, Russ played. Same with uh, Amir Coffey, Robert Covington. They were just riding their guys down the stretch, nine-man rotation the whole way through. And they got to see full Russ. Seven turnovers. Yeah. above the break. Down the stretch, and I expected, though. If you were to tell me what Russ's first game as a Clipper looks like, I would have expected much worse than that. Pretty much what it was like as a Laker, because this is what happens. But I think at this point, Russ needs to reconcile with himself that mm-hmm. he is no longer a superstar and he can be a high-valued role player if he embraces it. Because mm-hmm. you can see the tools. These shots, like with 18, 19 seconds on the 24-second clock, some of these passes, just reckless and games matter. Like, yeah. They matter. Blowing games, not great. Not great at all. Yeah. I, I, uh, I... Seven turnovers definitely is bad, but if you're telling me Russ is going to shoot like over 50% from the field and have a two to one turnover or assist to turnover ratio, I, I'm taking that 10 times out of 10. I know it's like. Again, it's what happened in L.A., but this isn't how it worked in Houston at all. It was very bad at the beginning, and then eventually at the end, we got some semblance of something, and then COVID happened. And then by the time we came back in the bubble, we had lost all the chemistry. But maybe the season, there's like not enough time left in the season that this they continue to catch some form of lightning in the bottle. And Russ can be Russ. I mean, like him play, playing 39 minutes is a disaster. I know there's a, is a 58 minute game, but still, I don't know. I think maybe based on the first game, I would say it's slightly better than I would have expected, which gives me like a little bit of hope for the Clippers, where I was sitting at a place where I thought. After adding Russ, they'd have almost zero chance of winning the championship. Now I'm looking more at, like, maybe they got a 3% shot. Why is Russ starting? Because he's friends with Paul George. That's not a good enough reason to start a basketball. No, no, I didn't say it was. You got to prove that it doesn't work first, though, I think, for them to buy into it. Why? And one game in. Why are we here? Because this is another organization ran by the players. The I think this is something we're starting to see. The, this is kind of what I've always felt about this um, mold. This is what happened to Brooklyn. This is now what's happening to the Clippers. If you completely give away your franchise to superstars and let them make every decision, you're not going to win the championship. And superstars are always going to want to go to those 
those types of situations if you're offered the keys. But I think more and more as time goes on, we're going to see less and less of this because teams are going to realize it doesn't work and players are going to realize it doesn't work. I'm not sure we're in as dire of a situation with star movement as everyone thinks, which the Clippers make more and more evident to us constantly. I am just so incredulous to this. <laughs> when it first broke, the, my first immediate thought was, oh, great, an agent of chaos going to the Clippers, in a sense, to help the Lakers. Yeah. Literally the first thing I thought. Mm-hmm. And then there were the rumors that he might go to Miami and Chicago. There were multiple teams yeah. looking at Russ. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the Clipper move was. I understand why he did it. He stayed home. Oh, he didn't yeah. have to move. He's a very devout family man. Incredible ties to this community. Has done a lot of charity work, a lot of inner city charity work. And Russ, as a person, it's really funny. The, the more difficult guys in the NBA, for some reason, seem to be the coolest dudes off the court. Yeah. Because if you hear anything about Russ off the court, oh, giving, always putting on for his guys, oh, taking his guys out. Uh, you know, like I said, the charity work, you know, definitely giving back to inner cities and, and you know, disenfranchised and all of this. But I just don't understand how he can't see. Because if he fell into the role, I think he would be really good at it. And I think he could play, like, really good basketball for, like, another three years. When he he just won't do it. I mean, this, yeah, it just doesn't surprise me anymore. It hasn't surprised me. The whole way through, I from the day the Lakers traded for him, I I felt like it was we were going to see more of the same. I thought it would work out better. I was so mad. I I know you were. I I figured thought it would work out better specifically in the regular season because I thought they'd be staggering them the whole way through, and I thought Russ was a little better than I realized he now was, but. It it just never, never ended up materializing into anything. But Russ has shown in an inflexibility throughout his career. I thought there might be a chance he goes to Philadelphia after a buyout. I think him and Harden are still pretty close. But uh, I thought Chicago it's starting to feel more and more just... like Harden doesn't really have ties in Philadelphia. So... Say with take with that what you will. This is such a Houston sighted podcast all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, I think he should have went to Chicago personally. Mm-hmm. Less stress. I understand. Maybe not as convenient for him. But yeah. play-wise, I think it would have been really fruitful for him. 
personally. Yeah. Can we talk about something that's a little more upbeat? Can we talk about the Sacramento Kings and what's going on right here? They're amazing, man. I'm all in on this team. I think everybody should have known, like, all all you needed to do was unite De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk, and they're unlocked. And now it's a, a playoff team going deep into the playoffs. Obviously, I'm being facetious, but this team has been a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And now they're looking pretty deep. Like they have a full rotation of good players. I'm I'm sad that we haven't seen any more Kessler Edwards yet, but I hopefully he'll get worked in soon here. And Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, shout out to them. Teammates going for 40 points is very rare. I have to give my my guy Kevin Herter to start shooting better though. He's going to slump. <laughs> yeah, he w- I he was fine in this game, but I I just think he's not quite as good as we all thought he was. Shut your face. Uh, <laughs> Shut your I, face. I, I I am a Kevin Herter stand. You you can stand as hard I, as I you want. I will stand all day. But uh, oh my God, Kev Hong! Yeah, I'm I'm not quite there with him. He's he he's good. I just think maybe he should be coming off the bench. I just need to shoot better. Uh, he he even shot fine in this game. He's three of seven. He's he's shot everybody shot five in this game. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, but, it didn't yeah, matter. That's true. But over the last, like, five games or so, he's had a lot of good lines, like four for nine, another three of seven game. He's He's been heating back up a little bit. I just, I don't know. That three-point contest made him look awfully cold. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, don't ever do that again. Don't ever. Yeah. <laughs> or give it, like, three years and then come back and redeem yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? Do it that way. Sabonis so has made such a difference to this team. <laughs> okay, so he's helped quite a bit. I'm really liking what Sabonis is doing on this team. You watching him play basketball, I feel like. Just visually, it looks like he's trying less hard than everyone else. It look, he plays kind of like your big brother playing with a bunch of younger dudes, where he's just like slowly seeing the floor and throwing these passes that look like they're no effort, but clearly they there's a lot of effort behind them. He gets compared a lot to guys like Jokic and Chengun because they're like the white European passing big men. He's a target Jokic. <clears throat> Yeah, but like when you when you see those guys play like Shangun and Jokic, it looks like they're trying so hard all the time to like see the floor and everything. And Sabonis like sees the floor almost as well as them and it just looks effortless to him. It's really impressive to see specifically in this game. I just couldn't get over it time and time again. He was making these crazy reads he didn't even have that many assists actually but just like the hit ahead passes and stuff were always showing up he got it 
from his daddy. So Arvidas was, was amazing. Yeah. Even yeah. at his advanced age, he was mm-hmm. amazing. But like, you don't get to see a lot of like international basketball, especially back then. But yeah. You can find some like old school. Seen, like, yeah. Young, there, there's a good amount on YouTube, actually. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I remember when I went to go look for it, like a long, it was a long time ago though. So, I mean, I know technology has uh, advanced a little bit, but yeah, he was an amazing mm-hmm. passer. And it's just the genes, man. It's just the genes. Yeah. It's just, I don't care. <laughs> and they just get it done. I, I'm, a, I'm afraid though for their defense. Because this yeah. this was not. No, I know Mike man. Brown was just. <laughs> yeah, they I, for, again though. I felt like they were trying all over the floor, and it was just guys who were generally better players than them getting to their spots and hitting shots. Like Kawhi also was sixteen for twenty two. Kawhi or Paul George also shot fifty percent from the floor, like. It it was kind of a rough game. Also, like we were talking about Russ earlier, we neither of us expected him to play this well coming in out of nowhere. So to a certain extent, I think it's excusable on their side as well. It it was like to be honest, it was one of the best games I've watched in years. I I had so much fun watching this game, especially considering like it wasn't a game that people gave up on. Okay, what's your thoughts then on what's your thoughts on where Sacramento ends up? We got what twenty one games left, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So where do you think they end up in the West? They're third currently. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that we might not see them fall too far. Especially after this game, it was pretty valuable uh to have over the Clippers moving forward. Phoenix got Kevin Durant, obviously they're going to move past them um at this point. So I think the four seed might be what we're looking at for Sacramento. How many, how many games is the Phoenix behind them though? Just one, one oh, game okay. in the one game in the win column, but uh, Phoenix does have three more losses, so it's oh. a little weird. They played two more games. I think they can catch them still, though. Mm. Um, that three in the loss column is big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is know. for sure. With with the finite amount of games we got left. Yeah. Well, they're they're twelve and eighteen on the road right now, and that's definitely going to turn around with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant doesn't just lose random road games, so I think that's like been their biggest weakness this year, which I expect to turn around going forward. I expect them at the very least to be a very good regular season team the rest of the year. All right, so we're looking at so his first game is March first. Yeah. So this is a couple of days away. All right. So yeah, we're not too far away. For some reason, I thought it was another week, and I was like, "Oh, we're kind of no. close." So no, yeah, if it's in the middle of the week, probably move past. But we're that means we, not only are we 
probably looking at the playoff Kings. We might be looking at the playoff Kings with home court advantage sitting there in the first round with maybe a chance to win, but they'll probably be playing Kyrie and Luca or Paul George and Kawhi, which I'd be, I'd be nervous then. I don't think they're going to win that one. Uh, <laughs> this is going to sound like Clipper hate. Mm. They got a better shot against Clippers. Yeah, a better shot against them than Dallas for sure. But uh, I don't think they have much of a shot either way. By the way, if the Clippers end up playing Golden State or Phoenix, I'm sorry, Phoenix, mm-hmm. 40 and slip, Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. Um, that's a that's a one and done. Yeah. I agree. And changes forthcoming. Yeah. I would think so. Players are moved. I mean, I, I just don't see how you could sit there and be in this situation and go, let's run it back one more time, see what happens. Yeah, I I can't see that at all either. I, especially, we talked about this earlier in the year. They've officially lost the Paul George trade at this point because just because SGA is currently a better player than Paul George and they do not yet have a championship in the prior years. So... I, I'd like to see them make a move. That being said, I'm uncertain what that move could be at this point. One of the two have to go at this point. I, you're gonna have hard. to start you're gonna have to start breaking it up a little bit and and maybe retool because but they're like so deep that I'm not sure that's gonna this is BS. Scope them, bro. They're not this deep. Let's be honest. They're pretty. They like we said. They just played fifty-eight minutes last night, and Robert Covington, Bones Highland, Amir Coffey didn't play a second. Also, Zubach was hurt. They're they're a very deep team. I think what they need more so is just like that third guy. They need someone else, especially because they're relying on two guys in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who aren't healthy often enough to win them enough games to put them in a first-round series against the Pelicans or a team like that, Utah, hypothetically. So I think getting some other guy, or I I kind of think that's the genesis of the Norm Powell trade was just the hope that maybe there's another step to take for Norm Powell and he can become that guy. But I, I think, like... Norm Powell and whatever else you have left to try and move some of this depth to get your Drew Holiday would be my move for the Clippers at this point. They have Russell Westbrook starting at point guard. 
Yeah, that's that's the spot you need replaced. <laughs> Get, you need a point guard who isn't Russell Westbrook. What and was then, wrong with man? What was wrong with him? He wasn't friends with Paul George, <laughs> or as good of friends as Russell Westbrook. All right, all right. I I just I'm. Oh. I live in this town, right? And the problem that I, I find myself in is that there aren't a ton of Clipper fans. But then you get people who are, you know, they're like, oh, well, I ride for the Clippers. I ride for the Clippers. Okay, that's great. But give me one reason why I should take your organization seriously. Okay, we're just in a situation where dudes are making decisions for what reason? Like, oh, he's our best friend. We're going to bring him in. That's Kawhi, what happened when you run the organization. It what? doesn't work. I, I just don't think this is a model to be feared. It worked with LeBron because LeBron is LeBron. And he was able to do it in Miami because he got two megastars to come with him. And now everyone thinks they're LeBron and tries to do the same thing. And it, it's just not going to work for they're anyone not. who isn't him. Maybe it'll work for Victor's friends eventually. But that's a long ways down the road. Yeah, I can't wait for him to leave. All right. Um, let's see. The only other thing about this game that was just offsetting to me, other than Russ playing all of these minutes and actually starting, which was weird. So you get Bones Highland. And by the way, this is a welcome to the NBA moment for him. Oh, yeah. My man got zero minutes. He got zero burn. Zero burn off the bench. Yeah. Just about 60 minutes of NBA time, and he got zero minutes. And he's <laughs> like, before, I I did say that I understood some level of his frustration being on a team that just didn't fit his play style at all. <laughs> but you're on a team that needs you needs a player who does what you do. If you can't figure out how to get on the floor here, I'm sorry, buddy, but it's your problem at this point. I I comped him a lot to Lou Williams and just thinking of how much Lou Williams would help this Clippers team, like a Lou Williams-like player, hypothetically. I, the, It's just proof that he he hasn't provided on the promise he had coming into the league at this point. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, well, where do we go from here? Let's talk about Jakob Pertle okay. in Toronto. He's been good. Man. Boy, oh boy. That's a good. That's a good little situation right there. So Mm -hmm. you you don't make any trades. 
I have a question for you at the end of this, but we're yeah. going to talk about Perto, but I want to get to that question. Mm-hmm. So Perto comes in. They didn't, I mean, literally, they didn't give a lot to get him. Mm, at nah, all. Yeah, not, not much. I mean, really. The pick know, has value, but not. not got, I mean, yeah. But, He's way better than the trade they did for Thaddeus Young last year, I'll say that. Yes, sir. So this is and it just it seems like it just slotted people in where they kind of needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big man, there's a presence, he's rebounding, which is great. Yeah. They're getting rebounds in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they knew what those were. No, neither do I. So what's your what's your overall thoughts of him back in Toronto and what do you think this means for their chances of moving up? Or is it just too late? Uh no, I they're in the playing hunt right now and I think they could make their way into the playoffs from the play in for sure. I think that's possible. I I don't know if they're going to pass Miami for that seven seed or, and then eventually New York to the six. They're, they're a ways out from there, still four games back, so that's going to be hard. But I could see them definitely making the playoffs through the play-in. The problem is if Jakob Pertl is the thing that makes your team gel like this, so well and function at a level that you think you're going to be successful at in the playoffs. There's a very easy solution to get Jakob Pertl off the floor that any team can implement at any time. You just have to hack the guy because he can't make any foul shots. Not one whatsoever. He is shooting now 35% for the Raptors. I... I'm happy for the Raptors overall, but considering how loaded the top of the East is with those four teams, I think Cleveland is right on the precipice and is borderline as legitimate a contender as some of those other squads as well. So any of those top four teams are going to be a very hard matchup for the Raptors in the first round. So... The Pirtle trade helped them, probably guaranteed them a playoff berth, but I don't know. Like, you're just in purgatory at this point. Nico, this brings me to a perfect segue. Mm -hmm. Put your tinfoil hat on. I got big-time conspiracy theory, reckless trade speculation that I want to get into. Sounds and good. this this involves your team as well. Oh, okay. Yes. So Toronto is sitting there. They didn't trade anybody at the deadline, so they have everybody. They and did. they 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 realistically can do some sort of sign and trade with Van Vliet if they wanted to. They don't have to mm-hmm. lose him, right? Yeah. All right. Now we've seen how a center. Somewhat effective center. He, I mean, he's he's good. He's not great, but he's good. I mm-hmm. would call him a step above serviceable, right? He's good. 
Jakob. Yeah, he's a good. Yeah, center. he's a, he's a very very good defensive center, especially for the type of scheme that they run. And like he's shooting like eighty something percent from the field with the Raptors right now. That make turns him into an offensive force. Yeah, for sure. He's he's an impressive player. He's just solvable in the playoffs. Is the issue. I well, this gets to what I'm about to talk about. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the whiskers are not whiskers anymore. Mm-hmm. This Harden thing is wild. Yeah, <laughs> bro. What happens yeah. if Embiid ass out? And you're Toronto, and you're sitting there with all those dudes. Yeah. Oh, that's the yes. You throw everything at him. No, what I'm saying is, is do you believe that the next disgruntled superstar? Yeah. LMB. I if if Harden leaves and just comes back to Houston and says, fuck all this. I don't like Philadelphia either. Yeah, definitely. I will think it's going to be Embiid because I don't know what else they can do at this point. I'd feel bad for my guy, Daryl. He's never really had to do a rebuild. This would be his first opportunity. But yeah, I do think that's the direction they're heading in. This summer is going to be so interesting. It's, it's going to be wild. so crazy. Because MB could still win MVP. They could still win the championship in Philadelphia. Technically, I I actually wouldn't rule them out entirely. I think they're a lot better team than other people seem to think. And I, I like Philadelphia. I like what they're doing. I like how they're playing. I am just it boggles my mind, these things that just come up and you just hear them and then you ask a question to somebody you consider very, very, very reputable. Mm-hmm. You go, is it, could this even, could this, is this really possible? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the ties. <laughs> loves it down there. Loves it. Like, he was like, keep, think of it this way. You got a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could make it comfortable in any city you go to, but but there's still a couple cities. Yeah. Where you got real ties to. Mm-hmm. And anything you kind of need to get done can get done in that city. Yeah. That's hard in Houston. It, so, it's true. And I, I'm ready for him to come home at this point. I think um, it's a terrible mistake, but that's fine. I don't. I, care. Could, I couldn't disagree more. I'm fully on board the Harden to Houston move. I will make whatever requisite moves it requires as well. Um, Harden and Victor are going to be quite the pair if that what? ends up coming true. I am so hoping that Scoot Henderson is your pick. No, no. I'm hoping that the number two pick, and it's Scoot Henderson, no James Harden. Um, well, and then you have a backcourt of Jalen Green and Scoot. 
They and I would love that backcourt. I love Scoot. I love Jalen. And then I we're love gonna James a little more though. <laughs> That's my guy. Um, you know, you're offering me an opportunity to segue here, though. Well, I do have one other thing. Yeah, one more, dude. Is this so? He's the domino. He's gonna be the domino again. That wrecks the summer. <laughs> Harden, yes, I that's my question. No, I it, it seems to be a position he's comfortable in at that point, as long as he's not in Houston, he says, Fuck all these other places. Um, he we knows need, we need if all he wants this max, done, we'll give it to him. We need all this done by like early August, right? When's the wedding? Uh, the wedding is uh, August 26th, is the final. Okay, yeah, we need August down by the middle, like early, like ten days in August. Yeah, That's no, it will be. Cypher. It will be hard because Harden can just opt into free agency and just phone up Tillman and say, "Okay, give me the max," and it'll happen. So as soon as he's ready, it's going down. I so think I mean, it, really, it's going to be the chain of events is. What happens in the playoffs? What the draft position, and then his decision. Yeah, I that's what I think. So, um, to be honest, though, like if they win the title, or if they are on the precipice of winning the title, let's say they make the finals and they get to a game six or seven, and it looks like they could, that could change James' mind. I I wouldn't completely rule that out either. I know that he's reached a point in his career where it seems like winning the title is not the most important thing to him anymore. But... He hasn't been that close in a while. And I remember what it was like when he got right on the edge with the Rockets and he came in that next year and was more jacked than ever and cared more about winning than ever before. And then he won the MVP that season. I know there's a competitor that lives within James Harden, so I wouldn't be shocked to see James Harden change his mind and decide he wants to say in Philadelphia when it's all said and done. He loves Daryl too. So complicated, but we don't have to worry about it until the off season. There's a couple of quick hitters I want to get to. Oh, you, oh you, had you, a you, had, you had a question for I, me. I had a, a I had a transition about uh Yo, bone uh, to pick you, we were talking buddy. about my rockets bone? and I got and the draft and I got some bones to pick with you on last week's episode. Um I you talked to me primarily about um the world where trading Jalen Green exists. I don't I'm not as upset about that one as you might think. Can I, I also can I can I give one other thing with that? It yeah. was also off the precursor of, of drafting Victor. Well, no, just in all yeah, drafting Victor, but also how much of the Kevin Porter Jr. 
stink is on him. Yeah, I, I and, don't think that KPGA is not a. I don't think he's not a good player. I do. He believe he has a role in this league. He just has to buy into it, whatever. But if Victor comes, your whole dynamic changes. That was the only. Yeah, that was course, where I was going with it. First, uh, the yes, definitely. I I remember that. The I don't believe there's any sort of stink necessarily that comes off KPJ onto Jalen or anything like that necessarily. I believe the the biggest problem, the, the quote-unquote stink, is more of an organizational issue where they're just putting players in positions that they do not belong in. We've seen how Jalen functions as an off-ball guard. We've seen how he functions running around screens. When they ask him to do certain things, he performs better than others. Same thing with KPJ. When you ask him to be the primary facilitator, it kind of ruins everything he's good at because he's such a good catch-and-shoot player. Well, you can't catch-and-shoot if the ball lives in your hand. The... First thing I wanted to go into with that, though, is I think that Jalen and Victor would actually be kind of a a good fit. I believe Jalen is a good passer. He's shown it with his ability with Shangun. He's not a primary passer or anything. He needs to be on the floor with another general, like hypothetically a James Harden in this world. I, I think they could they could all work together just fine. But uh, the thing I had the bone to pick with you about was, was not in fact that, just like I was originally saying, if you decided with that team you have better players and you need to move on on from Jalen, that that's possible. I, I'm not so married to him that I think that's impossible. The thing that got me riled up was the potential of moving on from Jabari after one season and looking at a guy like Brandon Miller, which we won't touch yet on the Brandon Miller off the court issues because we definitely need to talk about that as well. We're going to get that to that. We'll, what we'll do is we'll tie it to this after, yeah. at the end of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Jabari... Think about that. I was just talking about Jalen Green's abilities and passing chops. I think maybe, maybe he's the third best passer on on a good team would be what you're hoping for. Jalen Green's also the best passing guard Jabari Smith has ever played with. He at no point in his career has had anyone provide a shot for him. It's been Alan Flanagan and Kevin Porter Jr. and goddamn Ty Ty Washington. This kid is running around out there with our coach openly saying, I don't draw up any plays for Jabari. That third overall pick, yeah, forget about him. The problem isn't that we need to revisit the well and try to do something else with the Jabari of it all. The problem is that we need to let this 19-year-old kid figure out how to play basketball with a playmaker like maybe James Harden on the team. Okay. I I have to defend my guy on that one. 
here, here's here. Listen, all valid points. This is. Mm, I didn't think I was going to get this kind of reaction, but okay, we're here now. Man, here's, I, here's I'm my thing. responding to you, to be honest. <laughs> I'm responding to the tenor of everyone in the world's reactions no. around Jabari Smith. Well, here's my thing. I believe they should play through Shingun for the rest of the season. We kind of went absolutely. over why. Yeah, absolutely. If you get Victor, he's going to be doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So... The other thing is force feed this kid shots and see if he can shoot. Uh, Because my whole thing is I was looking at it from the model of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They just kept going to the well. They just kept going to the well. Mm -hmm. And it it was one receiver after another. Now, Brandon Miller, <clears throat> issues aside, Jabari Smith clone, better handle. So you're upgrading the so much worse defensively. Me and I think probably a worse shooter once Jabari gets his shot functioning again. If he can get it functioning again. I, I believe he definitely will. He's I got so. listen, he, I'm not trying to give up on the kid. My whole thing is is that if for some reason you fell to three. That's well, all I was that's remember and, what I was and saying. Now, now, it's like now I said, got, if you fell to three, I said that would be and I had a, a second really part. good I had a second part of that. If we we fall fall to three, there's a guy there who you mentioned for a few other teams, and I believe he doesn't. He fits way better in Houston than those places, and that's Eamon Thompson. I like Eamon Thompson. I watch Eamon play, and on the floor, he reminds me like kind of a a LaMelo Ball type player. Like he is more of a facilitator type i wouldn't want him playing next to a lamella ball or necessarily in a place like detroit with people like Caden ivy i i'd rather see brandon miller in those spots obviously charlotte and brandon miller with the off-court stuff we need to go into might not be the right fit he can't be hanging out with miles bridges bro no no and lamella ball himself driving out of the arena like a lunatic every night Though that might not be the best spot for Brandon Miller, but I I think as a player that is more of a fit for a guy like Brandon, where I think they need. Like, Are you that saying that Charlotte team. doesn't cultivate like character? I <laughs> clearly I think they do not. Um, this is the number one issue I think they've had. Having a new head coach every few years doesn't seem to help with that very much. My man Clifford must be getting just a bag to do this this year. Mm-hmm. He yeah. must be getting some money. All right, so now back to your. I'm sorry, I I just just popped. It's my all head. good. It's all yeah. good. I just I just wanted to say that Eamon Thompson I think is a a guy. If I were the Rockets and hypothetically the James Harden dream doesn't come true, and we fall outside of the top two as well. Eamon Thompson would be the guy I'd be zeroing in on and maybe looking to even move up to try and secure because we need that facilitator. Here was my only thought, right? It's like, let's say, let's say you're trying to keep 
this young core group together. I understand your mm-hmm. desire for Harden and all that. Just of course, that above all. But this is what I was thinking: is that if you got Shangoon, mm-hmm. if he's coming off the bench or not, you got. I think Tari Eason at some point plays a bigger role because I think you need that type of guy. On. Another another reason Brandon Miller doesn't fit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. If Jabari Smith is playing the small forward, mm-hmm. and you figure out that this is not working, I was just saying he the construct of Jabari Smith is Brandon Miller, and I. You and I disagree on the shot right now. Mm-hmm. I think Jabari Smith can be a excellent shooter. I 100% believe that. I don't think he's going to be a catch-off-the-bounce guy. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to create guy. Uh, and yeah. I think that Brandon would. I'm All I'm saying is, if you're looking at the construct mm-hmm. of Smith, yeah, Brandon no, Miller. I get that. I get that. That was, that was where I was going with that. I I feel like offensively they do fill similar roles, but the the big area where they're different is defensively. I think Brandon's more of like your typical like three four, like almost more Tari Eason esque than Jabari, who I think is more of like a four five. And especially he's still young; he's gonna fill out more, put on maybe even grow further and he'll probably end up as like a true four maybe even small ball five long term so i think having those two of those same players who would operate like the same space like offensively kind of but not defensively might also be a little bit of an awkward fit i i like Brian, uh, before we dive into it, I I previously this year was down on Brandon Miller, and he showed a lot more than I expected up to this point. And he is for sure a a competitor in that top group. There's still some some other guys I like more than him. He wasn't yet third for me, but um, he he has improved. And then it seems like he's decided to throw his his whole life away or at least that's how it appeared at first why why do we get here what how i know how we get here i just don't know why we continue to be here here's a young man that has real high aspirations and also if you look and hear the pundits out there, he is no worse than a top five pick at this point. Yeah. Okay. You are young enough where before you hit 25, you're going to hit the rookie max. So if everything works out correctly for you, you're going to be set. Mm-hmm. So by 30, I mean, literally, generational wealth is now obtainable if everything Mm -hmm. works out correctly. Mm -hmm. No one 
not one person, even the dude that even texted him, didn't think that we we protect the golden ticket. Yeah. At all costs, we protect the absolute golden ticket. Yeah. This and- kid, I am absolutely just bewildered by the whole thing. And here's the thing. I grew up in South Central. Nico, I told you, if you have familiarity with firearms, Mm -hmm. these things tend to happen to you. What just happened to him tend to happen to you. So you can't tell me that this is your first foray with firearms if this was your answer. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. It shows you that he is about this. Like, this is part of his life. This isn't the first time. This isn't likely the last time. Well, maybe now after what's all gone down, it'll be the last time, hopefully. But he's clearly been living this sort of life. And it just shows a lack of awareness for him, period, that he's willing to do. Like, there is no situation where this would be necessary for you. There's so many other people that exist. They need a Chris Carter in their life telling them to find a fall guy. Like, I can't I can't believe it either that they, they'd even allow someone like him to be involved in a situation like this in the first place. But then the fact that he was so willing to just makes me think there's more going on with this kid and would make me not want to touch him with a 10-foot pole, honestly. Yeah, that's what... Okay. I, I know, I know that's where you're going. We did a pod earlier in the week about being sober for six years. <clears throat> we left some things out of that pod uh, because they're probably going to be spoken about in, in different situations. Yeah. I was not the model top child, man. I didn't grow up in the model home. All right. I got the hell beat out of me. My face is disfigured now. My my ribs hurt every single day. So <laughs> I did things in South Central LA that I'm not proud of. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying that <laughs> your absolute organic willingness to do mm-hmm. this with just like that lets me know all I need to know, player. Yeah. You ain't talking to somebody. You can't listen. You not go, <laughs> bro. You are not gonna get into these rooms with these decision makers and be able to just gloss over this. Mm-hmm. I, I might be I, whatever, but mm-hmm. man, this. How can you literally light a lottery ticket on fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I. I can't talk from your viewpoint about this, but I I have been in a similar situation before, actually, as well. And I was a little younger than Brandon at the time, 
but I gotta tell you, I pussied out. I pussied right the fuck out of that situation and ended up in some other trouble because of it. But I I knew uh, someone asked me to do something like that and I knew I wasn't about that life instantly. So I, I'm not trying to say everyone has the same experience and is going to react in the same way that I did, but man, like... Clearly, at, at the very least, there were some discussions about this in previously. Like there, it, it's hard to it's hard to understand what's going and for on. Those, and him in and for those who will tweet at us or have discussions and be yelling that he was keeping it real. He was loyal to his boys, like whatever. I'm I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm saying he was stupid for doing no, no, it. Exactly. What you you should be ashamed of yourself, and I'll tell you exactly why. It's so hard for people who are how people of color, people yeah. who are not. Anglo white or Anglo Saxon, whatever you want to put yeah, it, yeah. you're just you're up against it. <clears throat> Unfortunately, they built this world, and now they have all the rules and regulations and whatever the case may be. So when you finally get some sort of chance, opportunity, God given ability, hard work definitely went into it. Grind went into it. Everything. Hundred percent. You you have shown the fruits of your labor to the point oh, where it's allowed to pay off. Even this year versus last year, you've gotten ten times better as a basketball player. You cannot throw away opportunities like this, not just because of what the money means, is what you mean. Your getting out of your situation maybe someone in your neck of the woods imagines themselves getting out of that situation you don't know what this inspires you have no idea mm-hmm. and to put out your own light to extinguish your own light for what because we trying to keep it real yeah man. tell you something man I grew up in Elm Crenshaw. Don't tell me about keeping it damn real. Too many dudes I know gone. Gone. Mm-hmm. Dead. My sister, gone. Not because of firearm violence, but just the lifestyle, man. The lifestyle. Yeah. The lifestyle is hectic. Okay? It's murky. And then at the end of the day, you're supposed to be in a college situation trying to learn how to socialize and move through these people because you're about to do it on such an extravagant level next year. Why do we have time for guns? What are we doing? Who's in your crew that can tell you no? And by the way, that's the only one you keep. The rest of them 
whoever they are. I don't care if it's Uncle Johnny. I don't care if it's Cousin Nook Nook. I don't care if it's um, my brother Lolo, whatever. Yeah. If you are not about creating this this generational wealth that we're about to embark on, this this life that is about to change, this by the you way, can save your whole your whole neighborhood. <laughs> like, man, just fucking get out of there for a little while, and you can turn around, come back, and everyone's paid. No one's dead. Can I ask a real question to to somebody your age? Because yeah. I'm a, I sound like an old man, but I'm gonna ask you this question. Yeah. Don't you have freaking phones? Don't you have laptops and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah, I have both. Instead of looking up YouTube clips and mumble rap and all this other crap that you listen to and consume, why don't you look up Kevin Durant? Why don't you look up LeBron James? Why don't you look up Steph Curry? He He spent his time. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about boardroom. I'm talking about how he moves outside of the arena. I get you. I get you. You got yeah, all this technology in front of you. All this stuff that inundates you. How how many people telling you how awesome you are, how great you are, how nice, how nice your skills are, how also, saucy that jump shot was. Yeah, man. Just text Kevin Durant. I'm Bro, sure you could. Exactly. Either. Tweet at him. Yeah, I guarantee you, like, you can figure it out at this point. I I, I understand, like, I want you, say you sound old. I feel old talking about this, too. Like, I'm even 10 years removed from this life. But it's just, like, at a certain extent, you need to sit back and try observe yourself. I'm, I'm so frustrated because... I was just really looking at him. Like really looking at him. I was looking at all the tape. I was I was like, oh, this is this is real special. This is really stupid. This is real special. I told you I was like, I'm starting to like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. And I was like, I'm hearing great things. And you know, and the thing with the self-awareness that he had early in the year talking about. Oh, as my body grows and as this happens, I will be more effective in the paint. I was like, come on, man. This mm-hmm. this is what you follow that up with? Yeah. Uh, just, it feels so shitty. I really wanted to turn and like a player like him. Like, we were talking about comparing him to Jabari Smith earlier and as you know like Jabari even before he was a rocket was my number two prospect last year I love this player type and he has a little more juice to him so if he can work all this stuff out and hopefully like this becomes like Ray Lewis's story like (laughs) just this this footnote that we all all end up sliding past but i say that and someone's dead though and he was like maybe it wasn't his fault but it was kind of his fault 
So this, 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 it, this they need to be your fucking wake up call, man. Like figure it out at this point. And I want to be sensitive to the tragic. Yeah, me too. I, situation that happened. It feels because, uh, hard not to happens, like joke about it. But this happens every day, you know. In the, you know, I mean, people who know, they know, you know. Yeah. Um, how many years have I, I've been talking about just the inner city of Chicago to you, and just how it's a oh, yeah. war zone. Yeah, and our country man. sits here and talks about let's do this and let's do that and let's make America great. And now we got this other guy in the office who looks like he's asleep half the time. So I'm talking about both sides, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm not talking about Republicans and yeah, no, no they, they, they I'm talking about both. Uh-huh. But I just look at somebody like this and I go, I um. Okay, let me ask you. I'm a, let's let's bring let's reel this back because I know we've kind of gone on, but it was so important. Yeah. Let me ask you a question: as a talent evaluator, maybe as somebody making this decision, mm-hmm. if you got a top five pick, yeah, and it stays this pretty like murky, nebulous thing. Oh, no chance. Even if I. No, no, I'm not. I'm staying away at this point. Especially he's off your board, right? He well, in the top five, he's off my board. I, where do you? Okay, now where do your sensibilities go? Once at one, what point you do you become mercenary, Nico? Like me personally, me personally, I would wouldn't want to draft him anywhere. He'd be he'd be off my board entirely. But I'm. I know that you're running an organization worth billions of dollars and this kid could not just be the golden ticket to his neighborhood, but if he falls far enough, he could be a franchise's golden ticket too. So once once we fall outside the lottery and some of these teams start looking at a guy like him kind of it's weird because obviously the circumstances are very different, but almost like the Michael Porter jr. Range of where he got selected, like, or the SGA range of someone we talked about earlier, just like that back half of the lottery, uh, a little bit outside that being said, I'm. I don't I, want him around the 18th, 19th pick where where we're looking at. I don't want him anywhere around that. No, no. Because I don't want I him. Wouldn't want on, him on my team. I, I don't, don't like want him on rooting my team. for people like this. To yes, be honest, I don't. I'm so sorry. I hope he does learn his lesson. I really do. I I don't. I I'm not. I'm I'm big on redemption. I hope this is a. I hope this is a wake up call. I hope this is a we have to flush out some of the people around us and we have to start making big boy decisions. And here's the thing. Do we know he's out of hot water? Do we know that this is not going to be entangled in something else? Oh, do 
Yeah, yeah, we do, we do, we do. The cop says he's not a person of interest. They, well, at least at this point, it seems like he's not going to be involved at all. It, it looks like it's rather open and shut on his legal involvement. I tell you where it's not open and shut when that NBA security does that investigation. Oh yeah, you know sure. the, the CIA and, and FBI agents have swarmed Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And they are going to get whatever the real scoop is. And they'll, I'm sure they will, I'm sure they will mute it down enough for this kid to get drafted. But those allegations will be somewhere. And somebody will know. And actually, to tell you the truth, if he falls all the way down to like 14, 15, that tells you all you need to know about what the allegations really are. How much did he know what what he did? How implicated he was? Because if he goes like to 20 or something like that, you know. Yeah. Because a talent like that should never get that far down. Mm -hmm. Something in the background came up other than this. So, all right. <laughs> Woo. Uh, okay, let's hit some quick hitters, and then let's let's kind of go rapid fire. Pat Bev played with Chicago last night. Yeah. Did you check out the four guard alignment that Donovan had out there? No, no, I was busy with the Kings game and the Rockets game last night. So there was a a Caruso. Pat Bev, Levine, DeRozan lineup. So Pat yeah. Bev felt he he felt right at home. Yeah, I mean, figurative and literally, he was in Chicago, <laughs> and he'd been playing four guard lineups with the Los Angeles Lakers all year. So yeah, this is great. It's it's definitely nice. I'm good. I'm glad to see Pac Man be home though. That's yeah, yeah, for sure. They they I I don't know what the plan is at this point with Chicago. They didn't make any moves at the deadline. They're just throwing a lineup out there. Maybe they can f- claw their way into the play in, but I don't know if they're making it out of the play in. No. Good for I them. The I, whole, I think the whole thing is just don't end up like Orlando getting win by Yama with your pick. Like let's mm-hmm. let's worsen those odds as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Because we've already lost this trade infinitively. Like mm-hmm. this there's yeah. no just on Wendell Carter Jr. alone. And just on bronze alone. Yeah, either I mean, we haven't even. Yeah, just yeah. Either one of them alone is is a loss. What so. could you imagine if they, this team ended up with like I don't know, like Amen Thompson off yeah. the Chicago pick? Absolutely insane, man. It. Yeah, I I don't want to think about it. They're gonna be so stacked. I know. Year. So. <laughs> They're on the periphery. I love what Orlando's done. Okay, so uh, the next one is 
Mikhail Bridges has is moved up on the scouting court to number mm-hmm. one because yeah. yeah, did you see he just got chased like two guys were just chasing him mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, it's not it's not gonna be as good as it started out for Mikhail the whole time, especially that Miami game. <laughs> He really cooked. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna see that type of performance too often, but uh, hopefully he can be a little better than he was in the in the Chicago and New York games. Is this a good twenty game run to allow him to develop those skills? Though, I mean, they uh, yeah yeah. Hopefully, I think that's what they're gonna try and do. They don't really have anyone else besides Cam Thomas who they're trying to develop in that way. And Cam Thomas is like obviously priorities lower than Mikael Bridges, and you can do that off the bench as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the plan going forward. And then. Nico, I had a question for you. Um, yeah. Actually, it's kind of a statement, and and actually, no, it's a question. I don't, I don't understand the the Josh Richardson starting over Trey Murphy the third deal. In I think Neither. it's I think it's detrimental to development. Yeah, me too. I I couldn't really tell you what the thought was behind that. Maybe that Josh Richardson is a little bit better defensively at this point in his career, but realistically, I think the difference is negligible. So I'm not really sure what they're doing. And I'd really like to see uh, Trey get more of a chance on the court. So I'm, I'm definitely not happy with that one. Former Pistons Sadiq Bay has been uh, giving them a quite a offensive punch. Twenty two minutes, eleven points a game. He's shooting fifty percent from the field and mm-hmm. a unsustainable fifty seven percent from three since he's been traded to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Though well, that's just a couple games, of course. Yeah. He's just uh, super hot. I, I don't know. I like I like the move for them. They needed kind of another scorer overall. It sucks that it's taking time away from AJ Griffin, but they can still find ways to get AJ to work. So, I I do like what they're doing with him overall, and hopefully he can. Be, wake himself up a little defensively he there's times he's like more engaged than others if he can get to the slightly engaged level then he should be something pretty valuable for the hawks Uh, like a sixth man maybe but it's still something useful on a personal note how's our how's our detroit uh affiliates doing with uh sadiq bay being gone and James Wiseman being in that lineup. I think there's there's this broad hope for James Wiseman just because like he's the new the new thing in town and the first game was kind of okay, but uh, today it was the Marvin Bagley show and Wiseman didn't do much. Durin wasn't there either, so uh, we're just we're, 
I think we're just riding it out for the rest of the year, and I think that's how they're feeling too. Speaking of the sliding doors episode, if they get win by Yama, both of those guys are gone. Uh, Wiseman no, and you can do, you you can play Wemby at whatever position. You can play him with Duran, I think. Yeah, Duran. Yeah, I think you oh, want to oh, play with the Duran. Bag, yeah, Wiseman. Wiseman's just maybe a backup big. You can keep him around for whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see about that. I have like a couple big things at the end, but I have a couple small things that I want to run past you. Okay. It's starting to feel more frequent, the eruptions from Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah. he Just whenever he plays the fucking Rockets, this guy torches us. I hate Clay Thompson. 12 threes for no reason. Like, goddamn, it's a random Friday. No one's watching this game. Everyone's watching the Kings and Clippers. Leave us alone, Clay. Listen, Captain Thompson is doing what he does. Yeah, and it's always to goddamn Houston. He just beats up on us. This is his second 40-point game against us this year. I'm not moved by this, Clay. One more, another observation. Memphis' newest newest Memphis Grizzly guard, Luke Kennard. Mm -hmm. He looks like a, a kid that his parents just got divorced and like he had to go to the inner city school for the first time and he's just looking around. Yeah. Are you seeing my man's look? Like there's I, so much I haven't I haven't so got yet, no. I think he's he's absolutely just bewildered by all the swag. That goes on in Memphis. That's going on around him. He, yeah, he definitely hasn't been around it before. Uh, He was the the young star of those Pistons teams, and then uh, he he was also the young dude on these Clippers teams as well. So I think he's getting outshined a little bit. He's going to have to get used to it. Dallas's Dallas's playoffs run. They're going to advance is based on newly acquired Justin Holiday. Yeah. Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, mm-hmm. Frankie Smokes. Yes. And the injured forward, Maxi Kleba. What say you about this? Don't forget Theo Pinson. Um, no, they, <laughs> I think they're just. Praying at this point, they're hoping they can out offense teams down in the playoffs, and I'm not, I'm not so convinced it can work. Justin Holiday is very schizophrenic as a player. He's either one of the best players on the court any given game, or one of the worst. <laughs> Specifically in terms of effort rather than play level, he's never going to like be some crazy ball handler or, or anything. But just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I I guess they're hoping they hit heads more times than tails with him this year. He had five of six in the last game that I watched a little bit of there. I feel bad for Josh Green. 
Yeah. It's like the only perimeter stopper guy that they really yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't even be your primary perimeter stopper. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Holiday can do it a little bit. He's just he can lose too. He can get completely lost and not perform at all. Like I said, it's going like, to come down to them to, to mm. their situation. And my last thing is this, and, and we, we're going to have to get into this. Okay. So okay. Uh, <clears throat> there's two parts to it. So listen to the whole thing. Tim Conley and the brain trust of the Timberwolves need to sit down with Ann Edwards and ask him and him alone how he wants to play. Because uh, last night when, when Nikhil Alexander-Walker was out there creating havoc on the defensive end, it looked like mm-hmm. he was super engaged. It looked like the ball was moving. It looked like a brand of basketball that he enjoyed playing, and it was also mm-hmm. successful. My question yeah. to you is – do you believe these these conversations will be taking place during the summer? Uh, yeah, probably. I think it's pretty clear Ant is the guy you're building around at this point. Um, they, like we talked about in the trade deadline episode, uh, moving off D'Angelo Russell for Mike Connolly seems like a clear move in the direction of Anthony Edwards over Carl Anthony Towns. Also, uh, yeah, Nikhil Alexander-Walker performing well defensively is a bit of a surprise for me. I was tuned on to it by my guy Momo the other night, and I I definitely have to look more into it because I haven't seen that level of effort for him in quite some time. I'm I'm really glad they're getting uh, Luca Garza out of the rotation in Minnesota, though. That's a that's a really big move, and I think they've been killed quite a bit with him out on the floor. So having a guy like Nah who can weirdly step in and take those center minutes for some reason, but it, it's nice. It, that's what he's been doing in the rotation. Not that he's been playing center on the floor, but they just like seem to play more with Nas up at the five versus the four now with uh, Nas on the team. So uh, it could be nice. I, I think I've got some faith in the uh, Timberwolves moving forward. And I think they will make that move in the Anthony Edwards direction. We can only hope at this point in time because mm-hmm. there needs to be some sort of directional change in that team. And I think the D'Angelo Russell part was like the first band-aid that you had to rip off. Yeah. (laughs) I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Cat now with some years under his belt and it seems like something that no one's talking about. This guy's been out for months with a calf strain and he was all ramping up to come back. And all of a sudden now he's not ramping up, not coming back. I think there might've been a setback that they're not telling us about. Um, again, my guy Momo tuned me onto that one, but I'm wondering if cat now older having gone through a bit of the trials and tribulations. And it seems like he gets along with Anthony Edwards, whereas the stars on his team in the past 
like a Jimmy Butler or even an Andrew Wiggins, which we can debate about whether or not he's a star after. But he he didn't really seem to get along with them in the same way. And D'Angelo Russell, it's not like Cat would ever have to take a back seat to a guy like D'Angelo Russell. So I'm wondering if after an offseason, Cat comes back in and he's willing to kind of take a back seat and open his game up more defensively like he'd been trying to do last year under Chris Finch and maybe recommit himself in a bit of a different way and actually become the number two option, which I believe he's more meant to be as a player. He's been kind of forced into a number one role his whole career. So I wonder if there's a chance that this could still be good for Cat in the end. It's something I want to keep my eyes on, definitely. I don't think that Cat couldn't fit in with Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. No, I think he could. It will be a mindset change. Cat looking at Cat and going, okay, the dynamic has changed. The, the temperature in the room has changed. I am now the number two. He will have yeah. to say that to himself. I don't know he, if he has it in him. He seems like he seems more like the kind of guy that would be open to it than some other dudes in the league. Like hypothetically, you think he's a like, self-aware number two? I I think there's more of a chance he's a self-aware number two than like hypothetically if this happened in Philadelphia with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid would be throwing a fit and getting himself out. Or even if I'm not sure if Jokic could take a back seat to Jamal Murray as easy as I think maybe a guy like Cat could talk himself into it because we've seen glimpses of it before. So I, well, I have not a, at the level Jokic. No, no, he's not. He's not. But I'm talking more, more about their personality than their um than who they are as players. Like Jokic is way more of a domineering on ball personality. And even though he doesn't like close other guys out on the floor and actually maybe personality is the wrong word, but more of their on court, like play style, their on court personality doesn't really lend themselves to being that secondary option in the same way that cats does. And cat even sometimes in games where he should be shooting more, can get skittish and start passing off. So I wonder if now being the number two, you're not going to be looked at in that same way if maybe he'll be more open to this idea. Because I think the biggest the biggest problem in Kat's career to this point has been mental. And I'm wondering if this reframing of mentality might help him. Then the question is, is does Ant want him? Yeah, that. but I think that's a bridge we need to cross later. It seems like they get along pretty well. I mean, it could be. I, I don't have any indication whether it is or isn't. I'm sure they do get along fine. Just I based on like their in court into uh, on court interactions and on social media and stuff, it seems like they get along better than most teammates. Well, also keep in mind there was that interview. What was a year ago where uh, they asked Carl a hard question and Ant just took over and just start yeah took over the interview and said, "Oh no, you ain't gonna." come up my man's like that so yeah uh you know i i'm not saying that i'm not open to it i just wonder if 
if it's, it's just a bridge too far. If it's just, okay, we, we cleanse ourselves of this situation knowing that there was some there was some stuff with Carl and Rudy Gobert as well. Like, mm-hmm. is that, you know, going to work itself out? Maybe, kind of. Mm-hmm. Or do I we kind of... Or do we... Kind of like the Lakers. We, we got a little fresh start. You know, we, we get a, a palate cleanser, cleanser type situation. Got mm-hmm. Russ out. And like, all, just the just off pure effort, and fit that team looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think that Carl Anthony Towns is a special offensive talent in this league. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he could not work in Minnesota. I just also wonder if there's other pieces, other kind of attractive pieces that we could put around and and utilize Carl as the, the conduit of how we would get those. Yeah. Just that would definitely that would definitely be something we'd be like open to. Or you would have to be open to as Minnesota. Because I think that's why you felt so free to do the Gobert trade in the first place, is because you have this ace in your back pocket of okay let's say hypothetically this doesn't work out for whatever reason we can trade cat and likely recoup most of what we traded away and try to keep competing at the same time with the this team that's built around and go bear whatever Jaden mcdaniels could call anthony towns be like a a piece for like let's say the Clippers wanted to reshuffle the deck. Let's bring it back to the Clippers. Could you it's see hard. like a Paul George? Nah, no. no I okay, can't I'm see asking. I'm just, I'm just throwing. Yeah, I know. I can't see Kawhi and like the one I've heard thrown out there before. That is, it causes way, way too many problems defensively to think it was actually viable. But the one that gets thrown out there a lot, a lot is Atlanta because it seems like that would be <laughs> like offensively, oh, that team would be can great. probably break the record from last night. Oh my God. In, yeah. In they a game. Give up 150, though. They, they, oh yeah, no, definitely. That was the, that's part of the record too. Um, they're, they're giving up all the points all the time. So I've, I've heard them kicked around. It's, it's kind of hard to land on a team for cat. Maybe that could be something we look into. Yeah. We'll have to around next week. Actually, this is a good segue. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter. And if you're a fan yeah. base of a team and you have you think that you have a nice fit for Carl Anthony Towns, you give us some sort of realistic trade. I'm sure we're gonna get some bad ones too, just because. Mm-hmm. And that is at Nico or at FRPC Nico. Oh, it I think it's Nico FRPC. Is it man? I don't I'm pretty know. sure. I think you, I I heard you say that on the, but yeah. Okay, so I mess them up. 
This is why I'm not good at this. Don't worry. We're working on it. That's right. So it's at Nico FRPC or at Frontrunner PC. Either way, send us those tweets of where you think, oh, what would be a good landing spot for Mr. Towns if he was so inclined to leave. Mm-hmm. So far, we talked about Joel Embiid leaving, Harden leaving, Carl Anthony Towns leaving. Yeah. Shake up the league again. Kawhi or George leaving. Mm-hmm. Kyrie is always a oh yeah, uh, you know, a threat to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No more Kyrie talk today, though. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, is there any other observations that we need to get to that we have not hit on about some of these new faces and in, in, in new places? Uh, not a not a ton that pops to mind for me really quickly. I I think we've we've seen a lot of comical situations where. Teams traded second round picks for guys who are now not in the rotation already. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that a little more. Garrison Matthews, uh not really working out for Atlanta yet either. No, nah, he, he wasn't gonna play. He was never gonna play. No, nah, he's gotta play. He's nah. gotta play. He, they need him. They need the shot making ability. They trade two second round picks for the guy. It doesn't matter. Let the Cam Reddish era begin in Portland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. I don't know. I don't Nas know. actually went off the other night. A few oh. days ago, I was looking at, um, like, way too early mock drafts from a few years back. Like, the normally, like, the first mock draft of the season. Mm-hmm. And Nas Little was number one or number two in so many. It was all R.J. Barrett and Nas Little that year. I like his game. I just don't know what – it's not fully formed yet. No, you know, no, he's, he's just guy. a role guy. I yeah. think I, he might be a higher level role guy than this, but I think that's what what he settled into. Is the defense going to get better? Is it going to be like a? I don't know. I think I think it's like decent. It's it's just like adequate. He's the type of guy who can play like your seventh man, eighth man role. And that's just it. It is what it is. He signed that crazy contract. We've never seen anyone sign before. Where it was like four years, $28 million. Like he's just, okay, I'll make half a starter salary the next four years. That's fine with me. So no problem. I love Portland. Love the vibe. Yeah. Maybe he's, he's on the dang route, man. He's just like, I love it. I just love it here. Uh, Maybe there's like a, a ice cream parlor that he likes to go to that he just you know he just vibing yeah. with that whole situation. Port Portland must be the spot. Must be the spot. And with that, I think we don't have anything left. So we yeah. got we got to get off the get off the air and get to some of these games because this game's starting yeah. right now. So got to yes, get to. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, for the Canadian bomber. Mm-hmm. The Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, yeah. and the Canadian Zach Lowe. Nico Miatello, 
set us off. Just send us off on a good note. We got to come oh. back Monday, right? We do have to come back Monday for some football talk. I think we got we got a couple good topics to kick around finally. So we should get a real football episode coming up here. Will Aaron uh, Rodgers like the uh what is it the what is it Punxsutawney feel or whatever? Oh, he came oh, out man. out of his hole. He's gonna give us six more weeks of winter <laughs> or. One more season of Green Bay. No, <laughs> no, no. One no more season of Green Bay. <laughs> oh, man. I, yes, we have some topics to cover oh for sure. God. I'm so, excited to get into them. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for everyone to everyone for listening. And we will see you in a couple of days here on Monday. All right. And we are also so appreciative of the love that we're receiving, like, all across the world man it's crazy so uh thank you guys for listening and you guys have a good rest of your weekend and we'll see you on monday